ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Here we are. It's Friday. It's September 30th, and your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I am your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We are here, of course, until 6 o'clock. I'll be taking your phone calls this hour, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Again, that number is 877-420-TALK. That's the phone line, the text line, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Coming up this hour, high school football across the tri-state once again. We've got three pretty good matchups tonight. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you. We've got... Two pretty good matchups, and um, I think Riverside Huntington is going to be better than the record indicates. We'll hear a little bit later on from Christian Palmer and Woody Woodrum. Uh, we'll talk to them about maybe 530. Um, we've got Oak Hill at Cabell Midland. That should be a pretty good game. And we've got Chris Tatum going to have the call of that one tonight, and we'll check in with him about, uh, I'm thinking about maybe uh, five, 545. And then Matt Perry's got Spring Valley at South Charleston, and this is a a team that's undefeated against a team that is looking for a win. So we have got those games tonight on our Family of Kindred Communication stations. We've also got our Drive Power 5. Rankings are out today. It's exclusive to the Drive. It's our power rankings. We rank the best teams in the Tri-State. And right now at number one, the top team continues to be in the Tri-State, Spring Valley. So the Spring Valley Timberwolves undefeated at 4-0, number one in the drive power five. Number two is going to be Ironton. Ironton moving up. There was some close voting between Ironton and Huntington these last few weeks, and it's really tight. So it could go either way anytime. But Ironton is the number two team in the drive power five this week. They are undefeated at 6-0. Huntington High comes in at number three with a 3-1 and record. They are personally my number two team, but they come in number three in the drive power five. And then Raceland comes in number four. Raceland's having a pretty good season so far. And then Cabell Midland getting back into the drive power five at number five. And so if any one of those teams ahead of the Cabell Midland Knights stumble, I think Cabell Midland will jump up a little bit. Our drive player of the week, it's Portsmouth Trojans quarterback Tyler Duncan. He had a 300-yard performance, four touchdowns, and a 43-42 win at Colgrove. So congratulations to Tyler Duncan. We have named him the drive with Paul Swan, Player of the Week. Before we completely turn everything over to high school, let's get you caught up on what's happening. Of course, tomorrow, big game, Marshall taking on Gardner-Webb. I say big game only because it's a home game. Marshall hasn't had one of those in a while. So it's an opportunity for, for, for Herd fans that maybe – Go see the herd for the first time in a while. I know it's Gardner-Webb. That maybe doesn't thrill you as an opponent. I understand weather's going to be so-so. Oh, by the way, Thunder Street has been canceled. The Thunder Street event has been canceled for the game tomorrow because of impending weather. I don't know what the weather's really going to be like out there tomorrow, but it's better to be safe than sorry. So I'm not going to be on Thunder Street looking at you tomorrow as we talk about Marshall football. I'll be back here in the studio. I will try to see some of you as I am making my way to the stadium after the pregame on Saturday. Hope to see some of you there. And uh, and if I don't see you, I'll, I'll try to catch up with you all. But, uh, hey, we're going to be back together again for the first time in a while. 
Marshall taking on Gardner-Webb. Must win for the Herd. I hate to put that on this game against Gardner-Webb, but I hate to do it, but I'm going to do it. Must win game for the Thundering Herd. Obviously, for several reasons. One, Gardner-Webb, only victory so far is a 56-21 victory against Limestone. And then Marshall needing this win because after beating Notre Dame, you've lost two straight. I think Troy was always going to be tough. The Bowling Green game was a little bit one of – it's that's a tough one. I think, I think that's still the tough one there. So Marshall and Bowling Green, the game you didn't want to lose and you lose. So that's kind of taking some of the wind out of the sails for a lot of Herd fans. And, again, I'm just talking to some of you. Now, this is not a full, proper picture of all Herd fans, but you know, we keep coming back to that Bowling Green game for some of you when I talk to you. So we'll see what the crowd looks like on Saturday. And maybe here in a week or so when it's time for Marshall in Louisiana, we'll see better weather, we'll see better crowds, and maybe Sunbelt football at Jones C. Edwards Stadium will fire some of you up. But I know I'm going to get I'm going to get it. I'm going to hear about this. But this Gardner-Webb team did play tough against Coastal Carolina, lost that game 31-27. And this team also lost to Elon 30-24, whatever that's worth to you. And number 16, Mercer, lost that game 45-14. Mercer's better than Elon. Is Mercer better than Coastal Carolina? I don't think so. But at the same time, a lot of app fans thought, hey, James Madison, welcome to big boy football. Welcome indeed. So don't necessarily sleep on Gardner Webb. And I'm sure I'm going to hear about it. I'm sure I'm going to hear about it. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. You know, the other thing I've heard about, Marshall getting a $13.8 million funding boost a contribution from the State Water Development Authority's Economic Enhancement Grant Program yesterday. We were there and talked about it, and if you missed any of that, you can go back on the podcast and listen to Jim Justice talk about it, and Christian Spears, Marshall's athletic director, Jeff Wagner, baseball coach. I've kind of seen some of the, the designs. I haven't seen you know all the, the bells and whistles yet and everything. I've seen sort of the initial... The picture that's out there, I've seen that. You've seen it as well. If you haven't, they've got it on the Herd Rises campaign. And it looks neat. It looks like a neat little place to, to, to watch a baseball park. And it looks like you can expand it. I think the I think the thing you got to remember here is get it built and then expand it. Get it built and then build upon it. Instead of, okay, let's wait until we can really jazz it up because we'll continue to be waiting. So get it built, get the foundation started, and then build upon that. I think that's the game plan here. What can you do today? What can you build today? What can you move upon today? I think I've got the philosophy a little bit of Christian Spears down. You know, what can you do today? What, what can you do to get this team on a baseball field here in a couple of seasons? So I think what we're going to see the final product is what you can get done today. And I think it's still going to be one of the nicer facilities in the Sun Belt. I think it's going to be a great facility to watch a baseball game. And it looks like you can you can expand upon it a little bit. And again, we're it's not final. Whatever pictures out there, whatever designs out there, it's not final. I'm sure that there's um, going to be a push for bells and whistles. That's that was a that was a phrase yesterday Christian Spears talked about. Bells and whistles. And 
they're still looking for more donations so they can have the bells and whistles. So if you haven't contributed just yet and you're interested in, in helping out, that's going to be a cause for you to take advantage of and help out. Everybody that complains about Marshall not having a baseball park, if you would contribute, if you contribute, I think you get this thing funded really quick, everything you possibly want. If you have ever complained about Marshall not having a baseball park, then here you go. Drop $5 to it. Drop 10 Drop 20 Whatever you're comfortable with. And this is just me talking. This isn't me speaking on behalf of the athletic department. This is me. If you've complained about Marshall not having a baseball park, then Drop a 20 if you can do it. If you can do it. If you can't do that, you can drop a 10, drop a 10. If you can drop a 5, do a 5. If you can go 50, go 50. If you can do 100, give 100. I'm not looking for a set amount here, and I'm not going to get any any extra favor for, for saying that, but if you have always said, hey, Marshall needs a baseball park. Well, okay, I agree. Marshall needs a baseball park. Can you contribute to the funding? Marshall needs a light fixture on the baseball park. Can you throw us 20 to help us get that light fixture? You get what my meaning? And, of course, you can't contribute. That's I get that, too. I'm not trying to shame anyone here. If you can't contribute, hey, contribute by your participation when Marshall opens up the place. If you can buy a ticket, go see the herd. Go support the herd when you can. Thanks for joining me for my TED Talk today here. As uh, that, was a, that was a great, great day yesterday. And I know... I have engaged in these conversations, and I have seen these conversations about state funding, state funding of Marshall University. Some are grateful, others are resentful, and I I look at other projects at other institutions across the state using different resources, TIF money, other avenues of funding, and I think that it's nice that Marshall was getting a funding boost to help out with the baseball park. Soccer yesterday, we got to talk about that briefly. Number three, Marshall played to a draw with Coastal Carolina. Marshall outshot Coastal 16-3, including 4-2 on shots on goal. Marshall returning to Hoops Family Field Tuesday. will play host to Robert Morris, the soccer team looking for your support. Hopefully it will be a, a great crowd out for that on a Tuesday night. That should be fun. And then the women's soccer team on the road taking on UL Monroe. That's going to be 2 o'clock on, I believe that is, uh, that's Saturday. Saturday at 2 o'clock. So that's kind of a look at what's happening for the Thundering Herd. The one that is coming up tomorrow that I'm sure the most of you are going to will be Marshall at Gardner-Webb. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. I'll still take your phone calls and texts. We're going to talk a little high school football. But we will do that at 877-420-TALK and Text line 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Uh, we turn our attention to high school football. Spring Valley taking on South Charleston. Matt Perry joins me next. We'll talk about that game when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Tomorrow we've got Marshall football, but tonight we've got high school football. We start off with the number one team in the Drive, Power 5, the Spring Valley Timberwolves. 
taking on South Charleston. Now, you look at the records and you think, oh, this isn't going to be good. Spring Valley at 4-0 taking on a South Charleston team that is winless. To tell us more about this matchup is Matt Perry, who will have the call of the game tonight on 92-7 and 98-5 The Planet. And, Matt, why should I care about winless South Charleston and undefeated Spring Valley? Uh, if you're a Spring Valley fan, you're looking to see uh, a tune-up game. Looking to see uh, maybe if some kids uh, that quite, don't quite get to see the field as much as uh, the starters do, maybe get their time to shine a little bit. Uh, it's no it's no secret. Uh, Spring Valley is a heavy favorite. And um, it, it's definitely one of those games where you try to fine-tune your stuff because next week the Wolves travel to uh, Cabell Midland, and that's a game that everybody has circled. Any chance of looking ahead? Where's this team at right now? You see Cabell Midland. That's a big rivalry game. Some people yep. think maybe the Huntington and Spring Valley or Cabell Midland and Huntington, maybe those are the big, big rivals. I, I don't know. I think Cabell Midland and Spring Valley probably trumps uh, any combination of Huntington and those two schools. I, I can't speak for Huntington and Cabell Midland, obviously. I haven't been involved with that. But uh, throughout my life, growing up in the Frida Canova area and being a, an alumni from Spring Valley High School, I can tell you that uh, the team that we did not like the most, if that makes sense, is Cabell Midland. When we were growing up, um, I don't know if that feeling still applies to the young men today, but that was always the game. That was the rivalry game. What made that game? What What was it about those two schools? What was it about those two communities that just you want to get after each other what is it well it maybe it's a little bit of bias because uh, even though I played a little football I was mostly a baseball player and during my time growing up it was always three to Canova and Barbersville when we were kids when we were playing Little League and Babe Ruth those were the two teams and so by the time we went to Spring Valley uh, it was Cabell Midland versus Spring Valley uh, we we just we'd grown up playing these kids in meaningful games and uh, we just didn't like each other very much well, that's next week. This week, of course, is South Charleston coming into this one behind it all at 0-4. Looking yeah. at South Charleston tonight, any chance, do they have any chance in this game? Have they, as if you've gotten ready for this, you know, do you think they're maybe improving? Do you think they you know, are a little bit better than that 0-4 record? You know, what's your assessment of them as you get ready for this I, one tonight? You know, I, I, I hate to pile on. I really do. But when I was going in through the numbers today, and you never want to say there's no chance. Anybody, anything can happen when you play the game of football. But South Charleston averages a 55-6 to loss in four games. That's their average. Um, they're, they're giving up a ton of points. They don't move the football very well. They're struggling mightily uh, in, in a new system. And you know, just to give you an idea of, of how, how much difference there is, Again, like I said, they average a 55-6 to loss, and Spring Valley's average outcome is a 33-22 win. So just teams on completely different spectrums at this point in time in uh, in high school football here in West Virginia. Matt Perry's going to have the call tonight. It's Spring Valley taking on South Charleston. We're going to have that game on our sister station, 92-7 and 98-5, the planet. This one perplexes me. Again, South Charleston, I would think South Charleston, one of the larger communities in the state of West Virginia and Canal Valley. I know it's always tough in the Canal Valley, but I would think that a South Charleston team would have the talent, the athletes to to at least be better record-wise. Why is this team facing so much adversity? Well, evidently, and again, this is uh, just from the outside looking in, with with Donnie Mays leaving and – 
there were some players that chose to leave alongside their former head coach. And they're they're having issues, um, you know, gelling together as a team. You know, some, some kids leaving the school, a new a new head coach, a new scheme. It, it all is mixed together in being a very sluggish and rough start for the Black Eagles this year. Matt Perry is with me. We have got the game for you coming up tonight. It is set for our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. Hopefully Spring Valley's not looking ahead because you've got the big one next week, Cabell Midland. And I know that the, the Cabell Midland kids won't be looking ahead, but they're probably also just peeking out just a little bit. Oak Hill's yeah. going to give them enough tonight to worry about. But after that, yeah. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure around, what, 10, 10.30 tonight, they're going to, if they win, enjoy it. And then start looking at, at Spring Valley, and I'm sure the same thing for the Timberwolves tonight. Uh, you made the bus ride home. You're going to enjoy it. Then you get off the bus, and it's already Cabell Midland week. You know, I, I would figure as though, um, excuse me, uh, both, you know, like I said, both programs, uh, they like to get after each other. And Cabell Midland has a tougher test tonight than the Valley does. Um, you, what you don't want to see, you know, you asked me the first question was, hey, why should Spring Valley fans really be, you know, why should they be invested in this game? Well, number one, anytime your team plays, there's only 10 regular season games, so you need to be invested. You need to support the kids. But you also want to see how they come out and perform. If they look sluggish, if they look like they don't want to be there, that's not a great sign for next week against Cabell Midland because you cannot afford to have a slow start. You can't afford to have a sluggish start, uh, and you definitely can't afford uh, to look ahead. And every week I pray Coach Brad Dingus and his staff because he usually, 95% of the time, his kids don't look ahead. They take care of the business that they need to take care of, and they move on. Uh, and so that's what you need to watch for. You need to watch to see if Spring Valley comes out and does their job. And if they do their job, it should be a comfortable lead. And then uh, you let some kids uh, get some playing time. And I think that's what it comes down to. You want to see them take care of their, their job and then get, get the other kids in and uh, let them do their work. Matt Perry's with me tonight. It's Spring Valley taking on South Charleston. We've got that game for you coming up on our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5 The Planet. Should be a fun one. Matt, have fun. I know as soon as the game's over, no matter what the result, you'll be already looking ahead more Cabell Midland. So it uh, should be a fun one next week. But uh, we got this one tonight. Let's hope that Spring Valley's ready for South Charleston and nothing bad happens to the Timberwolves. Hey, listen, the dry, and you know it has a lot of standing with that drive power five. Oh, I drop them. I'm going to tell you right now. If they lose South Charleston, I'm dropping them. Oh, yeah, well, obviously. No, not even – not not two, not three, not four. Not, no, I'm dropping them completely. Gone. Out. I am, I am excited because we're going to have a top five matchup next week between – Cabell Midland and Spring Valley, both teams in that drive power five. And uh, I think it's going to be really cool that just these two teams need to take care of business that they should take care of tonight. We need to put someone new in charge of tabulation. Cornwell's doing a good job, but I think we could do better. What do you think? Yeah, well, I don't want the job, so if Bill's willing to do it, just let him do it. All right. Fair enough. I was trying to trying to, trying to give you trying to give you a promotion here. <laughs> trying, to, trying to give you a promotion here. Like, hey, look, Spring Valley, uh, they just seem to be number one all the time. I, I don't think Matt has any bias there. No, not at all. Not at all. Well, I mean, Hey, Irons I mean, is number two. You know, you were complaining last week. I think the voters right, heard right. you. So, yeah, Ironton's number two, and Huntington High is number three. So, yep. I don't know if you were politicking with the voters last week. And, again, this is completely our in-house poll. Uh, mm-hmm. I probably should have just declared the top five and everyone lived with it because it would have been correct. But now, obviously, I, I farmed um, this out. I let everyone else have yeah. a say. So, if you don't agree with these uh, rankings, you're out there. Don't blame me. I let other people help. Well, isn't that why you have the call-in show? I mean, 
uh, uh, you know, you have the drive with Paul Swan. They, if they don't like our top five, let us know about it. Tell us what we're messing up. I would have had Huntington, too, just to irritate people. But, you know, there it is. Huntington, uh, <laughs> Huntington too. Would it, it, yeah, look, my, my power five, Huntington's two. Huntington's two. That's, that's fine. Um, that, that's, my, you know, that's, my, did, that's my number two right there. I did politic last week, and Ironson uh, definitely made me look like not uh, – they didn't make me look bad, put it that way, when they scored 70 on Chesapeake. Yeah, that kind of swayed some people. Chesapeake, uh, Chesapeake got drilled. Ironson yeah. number two on the drive, power five. Spring Valley number one taking on South Charleston. That's coming up tonight, 92-7, The Planet. All right, man, we'll talk to you soon. Have fun tonight. I will. Thanks for having me, man. Take it easy. Matt Perry, Spring Valley, taking on South Charleston. Again, you can tune into our sister station, 92.7 and 98.5, the planet, to listen to that one tonight. When we continue, Riverside is taking on Huntington. We've got that for you coming up. Christian Palmer and Woody Woodrum will tell us all about that when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday, September 30th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We continue to look at high school football across the tri-state. And the game tonight here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930 is going to be Riverside and Huntington. To tell us more about this game, we've got Christian Palmer and Woody Woodrum tonight. Riverside Christian, one of those teams that you look at the record and you think they're a lot better than what their record indicates. What makes Riverside a challenge for Huntington tonight? Well, I really do agree with that, Paul. One and three record at the moment, but honestly, could just be a few plays away from starting three and zero, two one score losses to start the season, and their offense had a great start to the season. Struggled last week, shut out against Spring Valley, but. One thing that Woody and I have been talking about, it's, it's a little difficult to get a read on exactly what we will see on the field tonight because it, it's been some mixed results so far for Riverside. Christian Palmer and Woody Woodrum talking to each other on our broadcast tonight here. As uh, Gentlemen, you two, you can talk. You both can talk. I'm just well, saying. We, I'm just we, saying. We were just we're just pausing. Uh, just pausing. But, just uh, just just gracefully yeah. pausing here. Yeah, they've got a senior quarterback who has uh, played three years as a starter. He's committed to Glenville State, so going to play up in the uh, the new Mountain East Conference, and uh, he's second in the MSAC in yards. And he, like uh, quarterback for Huntington, Gavin Locko, they don't give it to the other team very much. He's he's hit 54 of 104. Uh, which is 52%, and only two interceptions against 12 touchdowns. That compares real well with Locko, 13 touchdowns, one interception, and hitting 60%. So they're, they're kind of the same guy, except uh, Locko's a little bigger physically than Jake Walker is, but he does a nice job. They've got an outstanding receiver, big kid, Braden Ward, 6'7", 235, senior. He's got three for 71, so almost 24 yards catch. And uh, got a couple of good running backs as well. Uh, you know, uh, Andrew Beria, his twin brother, plays on the defensive side, as he does. He was in the 100-meter finals last year in the uh, state track meet. So, uh, rushed for 7-13 last year. Off to a bit of a slow start this year. But um, Michael Terrell and uh, Bishop Harrison have picked up some of the slack behind him. So, it's on defense where I'm most stunned by this team, though. Sometimes... They want to put 11 in the box. Yep. They'll pull everybody up. 
And if you break the line of scrimmage, there's no linebackers or safety. And one film that everybody could get a hold of that we both looked at is the film against Beckley. Beckley scored four touchdowns in the first quarter doing the very same thing. Then sometimes they'll break out of that 11 in the box and go back in a spread. Uh, but they, they seem to be a little Jekyll and Hyde on defense and you just can't tell what you're going to get until the game actually gets rolling. Christian Palmer and Woody Woodrum joining us tonight. Huntington High taking on Riverside. So Huntington High, after losing the Spring Valley, has been able to bounce back quite nicely. Yeah, any any worry here that Riverside they might overlook them tonight? Because, again, uh, there are some really bad records on some schedules tonight. South Charleston. If you overlook them, Spring Valley might be in trouble. Huntington, if you overlook Riverside tonight, might be in trouble. Now, what's the mood of the team, Woody? I know you've talked to them earlier this week. Yeah, the kids are in a pretty good mood. I mean, they, they realize they let one get away at the start, and they've been playing very, very well since. Uh, Billy Seals has got them pretty grounded. Uh, the only curveball tonight is it's homecoming night, and, you know, that weekend comes with all its own distractions at the school. They had a pep rally out here today. So, uh, you know, they're trying to get the kids fired up for the game tonight. And, uh, you know, Billy Billy put it, hey, we're, we're here to play the football game. Some pretty girl is going to get a crown <laughs> at halftime. We're not really interested in that so much. So, Christian, I think, you know, hometown can be a – Homecoming can be a distraction, but I don't really think it will be tonight. No, I don't think it will either. And you know, Huntington favored in the last few contests as well, and some big wins in the last few weeks. Fifty-six to seven win last week over Capital, a game that many expected the Highlanders to win, and they did not let up in that game. Same happened earlier in the season, week two against South Charleston. So I don't expect that to be an issue for the team this evening, Paul, because it hasn't been yet this season. We'll find out tonight. It's Huntington High taking on Riverside. We get the game for you. You can stream it on our Facebook page at uh, ESPN 94.1 AM 930. You can find us on Facebook. You can also listen to the game right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. When we turn our attention to Cabell Midland, when we continue, we're going to have Chris Tatum explain the game tonight between Oak Hill and Cabell Midland. That's coming up when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Chris Tatum is with me now. He's going to have the call tonight. Oak Hill is taking on Cabell Midland. And he's also got a check presentation coming up tonight as well because he's a public official, the only uh, broadcast-ready mayor that I know, at least in the tri-state. Chris, uh, presentation of a check to the Cabell Midland Band because, well, they're phenomenal, right? That's the reason. I mean, 10 state championships in a row, and you've got a, you've got a band director in Tim James who's in the uh, uh, Western Union Band Directors Hall of Fame. They won the inaugural Governor's Cup uh, band competition, and they keep just adding that trophy case. So, you know, we and, and more importantly, you know, we they come and do all of our Christmas parades and hang out with us a good bit. They played a performance before one of our council meetings last December. So uh, everybody's real supportive of Midland in many ways, but uh, this, is, this is kind of a uh, special deal that they, you know, they wanted some financial help, and the, the village was glad to oblige. So that's what's going to happen here this evening we'll get a little money support the program and uh, then we'll, we'll do it upright get a football game on the radio and hopefully the Knights uh, run away with a win here tonight over Oak Hill right with the band playing of course making it just with that more yeah, yeah just making it that much more difficult all about the atmosphere right 
Yeah. Oh, oh, you you can't deny it. the band's pretty good here. I know that's um, that's just part of the experience here. The football team's got to be pretty good too, but the band definitely makes it uh, makes it something else. Uh, I'm just waiting for you guys to name the band after um, Amer- uh, the Tri-States band director Spencer Atkins from uh, Channel 13. Oh yeah, you know what? He's been very involved up here a lot. Yeah. And, uh, still, uh, still doing doing the uh, PA duties for their band competitions here. So yeah, he's still pretty involved, even though he's getting moved on. He's a big supporter of the music program here at Midland too. So let's talk football tonight. You got Cabell Midland taking on Oak Hill Midland after suffering uh, a loss has uh, bounced back quite nicely. Now I think almost everyone has uh, suffered a loss here or there, except for a few rare teams. Cabell Midland, you feel like back on track tonight, and Oak Hills is going to be another uh, another another obstacle to go through tonight? Well, you know, you, you clearly don't want to look forward, look past Oak Hill, because you've got three games uh, coming up in succession with, you know, they just played Parkersburg. You pepper in Oak Hill between Spring Valley, Hurricane Huntington, the next three games after Oak Hill. So they realize they've got some big games coming up, but, you know, you, you, again, you don't want to look past Oak Hill because they're they're well-balanced. They're well-coached. They, they traditionally have a pretty good football team. So having said that, you know, they don't want to look past this game tonight. They're going to see some different things out, out of this offense than they've, than they've seen uh, throughout the season. Season with, with teams they've previously played and even teams that they're going to see later. So I, I think it's going to be a different look. And uh, we'll, we'll, I, th- I think the Knights continue to do the things that they do. Having said that, they don't want to look past this game. No, because that's my next question. How do you keep from looking past this game? Because you got Spring Valley right there over the horizon. And you know it and I know it. Those two communities like getting after each other. It's it's a rivalry long standing before these schools were consolidated. The communities that make up Cabell Midland and Spring Valley really like to get after each other uh, back in the day pre-consolidation. Well, I, I think you look at that as a rivalry, but you know, in, in in now Huntington has always been a huge rival as well. But they've developed a bit of a rivalry with Hurricane, so this is not a you know the the, the next three games what I, are what I would consider rivalry games for for Midland, and I think they consider them rivalry games. So we'll we'll see what happens, and uh, hopefully you know Midland Midland tunes it up again tonight. I'm not saying that this is a tune-up game. I think it's an expected win, though, uh, and I think they expect to just continue that preparation for uh, uh, for Oak Hill, for uh, rather the next three games, getting past Oak Hill to Spring Valley to uh, um, Huntington and to uh, Hurricane. So, what does anyway. o- what does Oak Hill do well tonight that Cabell Midland needs to watch out for? Well, I think their their bread and butter is going to be the running game. They're gonna, they're toss the ball around a little bit, but I think their bread and butter is running game. And Midland has uh, Midland has proven that they can they can combat the running game with with most of them they played with. They got punched out by GW, but Oak Hill's going to do the same thing. And, uh, you know, long story short, like I said, you don't want to look past this game, but I think this is an expected win for Midland for a lot of reasons. I think they're just deeper. They've got bigger kids. Uh, and, and although they have 10 or 11 new starters, I, I think these guys have gelled. Like you said, they, they kind of took their lumps early on in that first game, but they've they've continued to tune it up from there and, and perfected uh, the, the gelling that needed to happen amongst these kids who hadn't played before in, in, in a starting lineup. So, We'll see what happens, but I think Midland comes away with a win tonight, uh, reminiscent of, of what they've seen the last few weeks. Chris Tatum's with me tonight. It's Oak Hill, Cabell Midland. That's going to be on our sister station, 97.9 The River. Uh, also, you can thankfully you can't watch Chris Tatum. You can hear Chris Tatum, but you can't actually watch Chris Tatum on the video stream. You'll see the you'll see the Knights though tonight on the stream. Not yeah. not Chris Tatum, just the Knights. 
they've, they've always said that I have a face for radio, you know, so I'll, I'll accept that. I just want people to listen. I want, you know, I want, you know, I just want people to listen to the game, have a good time with it. You know, going into the middle of the season, this is the time you're going to see the Knights get better and moving into those next three games, it's going to get more interesting as, as time goes on for the night. Okay, let's, um, let's rank them here. I say that Cabell Midland Spring Valley is the bigger rivalry between Cabell Midland Valley and Cabell Midland Huntington. Agree? Um, actually, I'm going to have to disagree. Oh. Only because, only because I've been on both sides of this broadcast. I was both sides of those broadcasts now. And, you know, I hear, you know, I hear the chirping going on. And it's not, you know, not bad violent blood. It's rivalry blood, though. And, and it just seems more intense between the Huntington Cabell Midland sides than it does for me for Spring Valley Cabell Midland. Now, that's not to say it's not a close second because it is. But I think the Huntington Midland rivalry is, is the one. Okay, I I said earlier that Spring Valley and Cabell Midland was the bigger rivalry of the group. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm respectfully disagreeing only uh, because I've I've been on the inside of both the programs. And I feel like that it's a little more intense from both of those squads. And I've you know, I've been around Brad and those guys at, at Spring Valley too, but haven't had that having had that look that I've had at both Midland and Higher over the years. I, I that's you know it's just the way that's the, that's my takeaway. You know what? You know what the what you're doing here is because the rivalry between Cabell Midland and Spring Valley is so intense that you are not acknowledging it, instead throwing shade on All Spring right. Valley. Right. Okay, I'm just saying. That's what it looks like to me. All kidding aside, all three schools love to get after each other, and that's what makes it fun because Absolutely. all three are really good. And these kids don't – yeah, once these games are over, these kids see each other. So it's it's all Absolutely. good. It's all good. But – I see what you're doing there. I see what you're doing. You're you're minimizing Spring Valley so you can amp up the Huntington Cabell Midland game. I get it. I see what you're doing there. <laughs> hey, look. You know what? You gotta you gotta throw a curve every now and again. Yeah, you, you know, attention grabbing is what they say, right? I got you. I got you. Okay, you gotta go give the village's money away to the uh, Cabell Midland Knights band because they're the world champions like ten years running. Ten years running, state champions. They're champions of the inaugural Governor's Cup competition. Uh, and you have award-winning band director Tim James in the Band Directors Hall of Fame in the state of West Virginia. The only thing you need to do now is have the village create the uh, Spencer Atkins Challenge Cup. So they can we win that, too. That. We may do that. Yeah, Spencer Atkins <laughs> Challenge Cup. He'd go for it. I'll go talk to him right now. I'm going to go see him in a minute. All right, tell him I suggested that. See what he says. I'm going to tell him that you want the naming rights, so they've got to be bought. <laughs> I work here, man. You know how much money I have. I can't buy anything. I understand. I can't buy anything. Oh, I was gonna say, if I had your money, I'd burn mine. Fair enough, fair enough. Chris Tatum with me. He is going to have the call tonight. It is Oak Hill, Cabell Midland. Listen to it on our sister station, 97.9 The River. Coming up tomorrow, it's going to be Marshall and Gardner-Webb. I've got questions about this game tomorrow. My first question is, how many fans are going to show up tomorrow? How many fans will show up? Will the record deter fans? Will the weather deter fans? Will the opponent deter fans? I have questions. We're going to answer those questions definitely tomorrow, but those are my 
three questions about what we're going to see tomorrow. Losing to Bowling Green, losing to Troy, has that dampened the, the fan support? With the weather being what it might be tomorrow, we've canceled Thunder Street, by the way. So no Thunder Street tomorrow because of the potential weather that we're going to have tomorrow. So will that dampen your spirits? Will you stay home and watch this one? Are you not even interested in Gardner-Webb as the opponent? on the schedule. So those are interesting questions. We're going to have the answer tomorrow when we see what the stadium looks like and what the attendance numbers are. Also, can Marshall bounce back? The easy answer is Marshall should bounce back against Gardner-Webb. But Gardner-Webb has been, at times, they have been a challenging team. Coastal Carolina beat them 31-27. Then they lose to Elon 30-24. And then number 16 Mercer in the FCS defeats them 45-14. So are we going to see the team that was a little bit more competitive against Coastal Carolina? Are we going to see the team that really had difficulty with Mercer, which team are we going to see? And it doesn't get any easier for Gardner-Webb after Marshall game because Liberty's on the schedule. I think Robert Morris is going to be a challenging team. But at the same time, Marshall, if you look at the schedule, this should be – when you looked at the schedule, if you're just glancing and thinking, okay, which games are the easy ones? Norfolk State, 55-3 victory. Gardner-Webb, that should be an easy one. But – then you see the Coastal Carolina score, and you think, uh-oh, you can't take this team lightly. Again, you lose 31-27. You lose 31-27, and you think to yourself, okay, Coastal's supposed to be pretty good in this division. Marshall will have a better idea how Marshall matches up against Coastal here in a couple of weeks, uh, actually the end of October. So which team are we going to see tomorrow for Gardner-Webb? And if Marshall does lose to Gardner-Webb, let's just say that out loud. If Marshall, for whatever reason, Loses to Gardner-Webb. What does that do for the outlook going into the rest of October? So we've got questions to see if those will be answered tomorrow, if Marshall will get it put together and bounce back before taking on the bulk and the meat of the schedule. And I'm going to find out tomorrow if uh, most of you are showing up or if you're going to stay home and will the weather be a factor? Will the record be a factor? Will the schedule be a factor? We'll be back in the studio tomorrow, 1230 with college football today. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate every single one of you. And we'll be back on Monday to talk about what happened over the weekend. But don't forget game day tomorrow. It all begins at 1230 here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.